the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Told Congressman Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, who ran yesterday's nearly six-hour session with Attorney General Merrick Garland, joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, Mr. Chairman, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you. So he declared, I'm not the president's lawyer. And uh, yeah. I thought you did a phenomenal job of saying, really? Then why are all of your actions de- seeming to uh, to favor the president and to uh, avoid any speculation or any uh, prosecution potentially of the president by actually going after um, uh, uh, his son, Hunter Biden? And, Mr. Jordan, I, I, I'm really blown away by the fact that they allowed the most serious of charges to expire by way of yeah. the, um, yeah. you know, yeah, by way, by way of the, uh, statute of limitations. They allowed the most serious because those would be the one, I'm talking about the charges against Hunter that would have warranted and naturally in the course organically led to an investigation of what the president knew at the same time. Yeah, Burisma gets you to the White House. They let the statute of limitations expire for the tax years where he had a huge liability, owed hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. They just let that run, just let it expire. Uh, and and, and th- th- those were the years 14 and 15 that dealt with the Burisma income. So I, I say this all the time, but th- these four facts, I think, just show how, how I think simplify the picture. First, fact number one, Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma, uh, makes a lot of money, millions of dollars. Uh, fact number two, he wasn't qualified to be on the board of Burisma. And not my words, not your words. That's what he said. He said he got on the board largely because of his last name, the brand, as Devin Archer said in the, in the, in the deposition, his business partner. Third fact, the Burisma executives asked Hunter Biden, can you weigh in and help us with the pressure we are under? Can you communicate with D.C. and make that happen? Fact number four, Joe Biden does just that. He leverages your tax dollars, my tax dollars, the folks I represent, American tax dollars. He leverages American tax dollars to get the prosecutor who was applying the pressure on Burisma to get that individual fired. And here's what's so interesting, and I said this yesterday, that last fact totally comports with what was in the 1023 form, what the confidential human source told the FBI, and the FBI recorded in the 1023 form, the same form they didn't want to let us have access to. Remember how they drugged their feet, redacted it, no, no, you can't see it? It it all squares up, and so... Then what does David Weiss do? He says, for those tax years dealing with that set of facts, we're not gonna we're gonna let the statute of limitations run. They would that would never happen for any other American. Any of your listeners would have to pay those taxes, but Hunter Biden didn't have to because it was gonna lead to the White House. Which is exactly why this is the most corrupt Department of Justice in the history of the United States. And I say that knowing that the previous Democrat, President Barack Obama's attorney general, called himself the president's wingman. I mean, literally sure there to, to cover for anything and everything that was uh, illegal or corrupt or questionable going on at the executive level. Now, I want to go back to a little bit of you. I've got so much ground to cover here with you in very limited time, so I, I appreciate you being here. Representative Nels yesterday slammed him, made him watch and listen to what we have all played and listened to many, many times, Joe Biden arrogantly yeah. bragging about how he got the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma, the energy company that his son sat on the board as, uh, of because of his uh, last name and the influence and the access to Washington. So he made him watch that. 
and uh, and then questioned him and said, if this isn't quid pro quo, I don't know what is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be critical here, Congressman Jordan, because I wanted to hear him squirm and answer that. Congressman Nels kind of basically answered it for him and, yeah. uh, and kind of cut him yeah. off. I, I know it's hard because you guys are limited in the time, and if you let a witness filibuster answers, then you can't ask more questions. But I think sometimes right. we need to let them talk, and I wanted to hear him explain that video away. He didn't get an opportunity yeah. to. No, I, I, I think you're. I think you're. You're right. Uh, uh, Congressman Nels was, I think, making a good point, and he got he got fired up about it, as, as I think most people would. But um, yeah, you, you, it is nice sometimes if, if there's a little opportunity for the for the witness to respond. Um, so did, I, I did, did yesterday's events cut deep enough then into into the attorney general to expose that obvious fact? That's, I guess, what I want people to take away, and I don't know if they did. Well, remember what remember what the attorney general, his answer most of the time was ongoing investigation, internal yeah. deliberations, or you'll have to ask David Weiss. Those were his three key responses. So David Weiss is scheduled to come on October 11th. Uh, they've committed to that. We'll see if they keep their commitment. Um, we are in the process trying to interview a number of other people. We've already interviewed four people who were part of the investigation into Hunter Biden, two FBI agents who were the whistleblowers that came forward, two, uh, excuse me, two IRS agents who were the whistleblowers that came forward, and then the two FBI agents who were also part of the case, Mr. Sobosinski, Ms. Hawley. We've talked to them as well. So we want, there's a number of other people we want to talk to at the DOJ prior to talking to, uh, uh, Mr. Weiss, but he is now scheduled. They made a commitment. We'll see if they honor their commitment to show up on October 11th. Okay, so uh, again, a lot of ground here. So, so obviously, David Weiss uh, being appointed as the special prosecutor here by by Merrick Garland was done to specifically ensure that the that President Biden was protected. Let's talk about some of the other issues that were addressed yesterday. Uh, specifically, let's talk about the uh, targeting of pro life groups. This was this was pretty fiery. Chip Roy went after him pretty hard, pointing out that the DOJ had prosecuted 126 mm-hmm. instances of crimes by pro life groups, only four by pro choice groups that were far more violent and 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 vandal with uh, vandalism included as well um what, what was your impression of of whether or not uh, again the attorney general was able to defend that or explain that away well the, the facts are all on our side no no i mean he he, he sort of let it let it go and give some of his uh, kind of filibuster type answers in, in, in there but but the fact is what what uh, congressman roy pointed out is exactly the case and this bias towards the other side's position, we saw that with the with the Supreme Court justices when the Dobbs decision was leaked and the pressure and intimidation efforts that was uh, that was uh, orchestrated against uh, the the Supreme Court justices at their homes in direct violence. You and I talked about this. So there's yeah, while while they may have prosecuted a couple times when the left went after churches or pro life crisis uh, pregnancy centers, the it, the vast majority of the other way around. And when they come after someone who's pro life. Well, I mean, they raid their home like they did Mark Howe. And, of yeah. course, when that trial, when that case went to, went to trial, he was acquitted in like an hour. So, yeah, definitely there's a bias against the pro-life, but there's a bias against conservatives, whether it's coming after uh, conservative speech, whether it's uh, the double standard on who gets prosecuted, just, or, or the just Catholic, the fundamental The Catholic one. question as well that uh, Representative Andrew brought course. up. Of course. And, and, and then the, the, the one that we pointed out yesterday at the front end of the yesterday's hearing, uh, David Weiss is a special counsel who is obvious his, his role is to protect President Biden. And then Jack Smith, on the other hand, is a special counsel whose role is obviously to attack President Trump, President Biden's political opponent in the, in the I mean, his opposition in the presidential race. Like, you can't have more of a double standard than that.
No, absolutely not. We're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan in the wake of yesterday's nearly six-hour testimony from the Attorney General Merrick Garland. So many of us have been waiting to get Garland up on that stand. But you're right. He spends almost six hours uh, deflecting the questions, not answering them, saying, that, you know, this is an active investigation. I can't comment. And, of course, the game he plays is he has essentially put almost every major player in all of these events under investigation and then gets to sit up there and say, well, it's an active investigation. Yeah. I can't comment on it. So I guess my point is, or my question to you, Congressman and Chairman of the Judiciary, is was anything accomplished yesterday, given the fact that the AG was able to deflect all of those questions and really has, has to answer for nothing? Well, I think I think we got a few things that we did get answered. Like, one of the questions I asked him was, did you consider anyone else? And, it, and it's, it's like, so David Weiss, the guy who presides over an investigation where you let the statute of limitations run, where you tip off the defense counsel when you're getting ready to issue a, a search warrant, when you slow walk the investigation according to all the witnesses we've talked to, and on and, on, and they put together the crazy plea deal that the, that the judge declined to accept, that's the guy that you make special counsel. And I asked him, did you consider anyone else? And he said he hadn't. It was either going to be no special counsel or David Weiss, which, again, I think underscores this, this, this idea that they were going to sweep this all under the rug, but for two things. Two whistleblowers that came forward and a judge in Delaware who called BS on their crazy plea deal. And, but for that, this thing would have been done with. It would have been over. Nothing there. Uh, it would have all been settled. But, but they, 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 frankly, I think, got caught, and the whistleblowers came forward, and the judge declined to accept the plea deal. So I do think we got some additional facts on the table. We're going to continue to dig there. And, of course, Chairman Comer, as part of our impeachment inquiry, Chairman Comer is looking to get more access to more business records. And so we'll continue to pursue uh, that angle as well. Chairman Smith and the Ways and Means Committee, some of the information that Mr. Shapley and Mr. Ziegler, the whistleblowers, have brought to the Ways and Means Committee has to be voted on by the Ways and uh, by that committee to be released to the public because it's confidential taxpayer information. And so they're going to move in that, in that direction, I believe, and we'll get more information there. Now, the world, Congressman Jordan, does not live on Twitter, but I'm just, you know, it's it's a place to kind of get at least a cross-section of opinions on things. And most of the conservatives I read on Twitter yesterday are saying, when will he be impeached? Obviously, we know next week, the 28th, is going to be the first hearing for the Biden impeachment inquiry anyway. But people say after what they watched and watched him obstructing justice yesterday and probably perjuring himself in a number of different ways, uh, they're saying the same thing about uh, uh, Attorney General Garland. Do you believe that is something that is still possible and and maybe probable well i think we i think we we're, we're focused on the impeachment inquiry uh you, you know and you think about the executive branch and the various agencies the head of the executive branch of course is the president of the united states and so that's that's where the impeachment inquiry focus is um that's where uh, the, the the speaker mccarthy designated uh, that that we're going to be in this phase of, of oversight we've talked about the distinction there is that courts now say okay congress is doing the house is doing their work under uh, something that's exclusively and expressly a power that they have under the Constitution, which is the impeachment power. And the courts are more inclined to look at that and say if there's a dispute with the executive branch, they're, they're much more likely to side with the House on us getting access to witnesses and documents. So that's why we're in that phase, because we think the facts warrant us going to that phase. So we're going to focus there. But, of course, there's several of these agencies where we think they're, the, the secretary running that respective agency has done a terrible job. My orcus is at the top of the list. Merrick Garland, as you point out, we're, we got all kinds of problems and concerns that we see with, with the way he's run things. Uh, Buttigieg, the way he's ran the transfer. I mean, you could just keep going. But it's a reflection of this administration because, as we've talked before, I don't know that they've done one thing right. Um, just look at the news today and see what's happening on our border. I, I mean, this is almost a daily thing now we've seen for almost now three years. 
So this is how incompetent, how bad, how well, I don't, I don't even say it's incompetent. I think the border is definitely intentional. So um, I do too. But we're going. I think the focus is on, of course, the, the president of the United States. Okay, and and, and I, that that is certainly clear. If, if the president were to be impeached and, and and to go through all of this, it would expose a lot of the things done by the people beneath him that he has appointed in these very important positions. I'm glad you brought up the border. Let's talk about two different borders. I want to play a clip here that involves a border that is in Eastern Europe. Over the 583 days of war between February 24th, 2022, and the end of the month, that averages 6.8 billion dollars per month, or 223 million dollars per day. There's a lot of things that we need to fix in our country before we borrow money to try to perpetuate a war in another country. And, of course, the Senator Rand Paul talking yeah, about new well aid to Ukraine being included in the uh, upcoming budget bill and in the budget battle. Many are saying if there are any Republicans who vote, well, anybody who vote to send more than the $113 billion that the White House has confirmed that has already been spent on the Ukrainian battle and protecting their border from invasion while doing nothing about ours, uh, then these people need to get out of Washington. Your thoughts on that whole mess? Yeah, I think Senator Paul is right on right on target um, because in the end it comes down to a fundamental question: What's the objective? What's the goal here? What, what, how do we define success? I mean, we've I know we've talked before. Is, is is it Ukraine has to get? Or excuse me, Russia has to get out of the eastern eastern Donbass region? They call it in Ukraine. Uh, do they have to get out of Crimea? What? What, I mean, remember, they've had Crimea since 2014. They took that under, under President Obama, for goodness sake. So w- what is the objective? What is the goal? No one can tell us. No one can define, okay, once we get to here, we would stop sending money. So it's just like, I'm not going to continue to send. There's no way. I haven't voted for I don't know how many of these things I voted against. So we can't, we can't, we can't, uh, uh, if we can't define the goal, how, how, why should we keep uh, continue to send American tax dollars there, particularly when, as you point out, we got so many concerns here, uh, like our southern border. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, thousands upon thousands of Venezuelans are riding in on trains now. Now there's thousands yep. of 7,000 Venezuelans crossed the into Eagle Pass, I think, in 72 hours. Uh, we've got videos of Border Patrol agents getting uh, getting these people off of buses and saying, go ahead, you're free. Somebody says, can I go to Chicago? You can go wherever you want. We, we don't care. We, they literally have, have, have given up. Many of them because they have oh, yeah. no they have no direction and they have no directives. Are they allowed to hold them? So they're basically saying, you know, you got people coming in from 165 different countries, people on the terror watch list, people who are cartel members, drug runners, human traffickers, and they're being let off yeah. the buses and they're being told go where you want to go because there's just no way for them to even begin to process all of these quote unquote phony asylum claims. So you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, this is. I hate throwing, you know, invectives around, but, but this is kind of treasonous. This is an intentional surrendering of American sovereignty. We are allowing our country to be invaded. If these people were all from one country, if all of these five million plus who have crossed illegally into this country in the last just two and a half years of the Biden administration were yeah. all from one country, we would call it an invasion. But because they're, they're scattered over 165 countries, it's not an invasion, Congressman? No, it makes uh, it makes no sense. This is why I think in the in the funding bill that is coming up, we should insist on one thing: no taxpayer money can be used to process and release any new migrant into the country. Just stop it. Like, say enough. Just stop it and say, okay, Chuck Schumer, here's the bill. We're going to send that over there to you. If you if you think it's more important to allow this un un open border. And, and this unlimited amount of migrants come in the country, if you think that's more important, then 
and, and you're going to shut down the government for that? Okay, go tell that to the folks in New York. Go tell that to Mayor Eric Adams, who gave the speech two weeks ago, talked about how bad the situation was in his city. Go have a debate with your Democrat mayor in your hometown. That's the kind of thing that should be put on this bill. That one simple thing, like we will not use any taxpayer money to process in any way and release any new migrants into the country. You just stop it. And until you do that, they're going to keep coming until you send a message. And so we should insist on that. That is the one thing we could focus on right now that is totally beneficial for our country, for Republicans, for Democrats, for Americans. Focus on that. And uh, I just hope we can round up the votes to do that, because that's where I want to go with this spending bill we're debating right now. Congressman, will you vote against any bill that does not contain that? And will you vote against any bill that does contain more aid for Ukraine? I'm not going to vote to send more aid to Ukraine, and I am, am for doing. Now we we got colleagues who want to put more in the bill. Uh, they want to they want to try to address some spending and some other things. Okay, fine. I, I'm fine with that too. But one thing I've learned in politics is that one really good issue beats 15 pretty good issues every time. And so sometimes what you have to do is focus on the most pressing thing we see right now. The most pressing thing we see right. I'd say there are two. But again, it's usually best to focus on just one issue at a time when you're dealing in these big political fights. The two big issues are that border I just talked about and, of course, the fact that they're weaponizing the government against we the people. But let's focus on the border because you've got a Democrat mayor in the, in the president of the Senate and the, and the minority leader of the House, his hometown, who said enough is enough, we can't handle this. That to me seems to be so, so clear that we should focus on that one issue and no Ukraine funding in this, just that one issue. I feel like this is deja vu when I ask you this last question because I've asked you this mm-hmm. question in many border, uh, uh, excuse me, budget battles over the course of the last several years. Are you willing to shut down the government over those principles? Uh, I don't want to shut down the government. What I want to do is fund the government with that one issue on it. I know you don't want to, but are, I mean, are, but, I, but what you? I'm asking, I'm, what I'm asking is, will Republicans in the House though be willing to hold fast, even if it means shutting down the government? Because typically, you know, the Republicans always take the blame, no matter who's in charge. They take the blame whenever there's a government yeah. shutdown but or I a think, threat thereof. So, but 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 good question, Bob. But I think this is one of those situations. If you did it the way I just described, mm-hmm. uh, if the, if there's a shutdown, Chuck Schumer takes the blame. Democrats take the blame because it's like, are you kidding me? Your own mayor said he, 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 he was, uh, we can't take any more people. They're getting ready to, what, I think, put, put a big tent city in the national park up there. I mean, yep. it's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's how clear and singularly focused you have to be in these, in these big fights over the, over the budget, uh, as we get to the end of the fiscal year. And to me, that is just, it's, it's so obvious in my mind. And I'm trying to convince my colleagues to, uh, to go that route. Well, I certainly hope they hold fast. I do, even though they're going to be called pro-Putin if they don't want to send money in this uh, next bill to Ukraine. Uh, it's uh, there. There have to be priorities. I think you outlined them very, very well. I've been called everything. I've been called every name you can imagine. So I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. We, we shouldn't be sending money to you, any more money to Ukraine. Certainly not without knowing what the freaking goal is. And uh, and then of course this 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 border issue. I think is just so obvious. Why we well, wouldn't pick that one simple fight and and, and stand firm on it. I do not know. The two-tiered system of justice was exposed yesterday. We've always known it was there, but it was really, really exposed yesterday in six hours with Merrick Arlen. So thank you for doing that for us. You bet. And we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.